Hi guys, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, uh, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can uh, as we continue to serve our Lord. Uh, like I mentioned uh, last week, again, this is another special episode. Um, we have another special guest on uh, with us uh, today. And what I like to do is I like for him to introduce himself to you all. Hey everyone, my name is Tangi Lima Senior Jr. Uh, I go by the name Lima, so everyone knows me by Lima. I, I'm from uh, American Samoa originally, but I'm over here in Honolulu, Hawaii. I'm the minister for the Honolulu Church of Christ. I've uh, been blessed to be here, and, and um, I'm just really excited for this opportunity with JP. <laughs> and uh, yeah, check out this podcast, share it, and, and uh, I hope you could relate to, to some of the things that we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, and I love uh, I love Lima at the School of Preaching. You know, there's a phrase that says that you know you never know who's watching. Um, I I'm, I was one of the guys that would watch Lima from afar. You know, I would see uh, you know he would be busy with his work, but he would also uh, you know have a smile on his face, and he would always make time for his wife and his kids. And uh, you know, I know he appreciates uh, the support of Athena and and uh, and the children. And I know that without uh, them, it makes the work much harder. Um, but he's someone that I looked up to uh, at the School of Preaching, so I'm glad he's on uh, the podcast with us today. And again, you know, when I see Lima, you know, you got to announce it like a uh, like a sports announcer. You know, you got Lima. <laughs> That's how I'd always call Lima. But I'm so glad he's on with us today. Happy uh, so, to be here, bro. So what what we're gonna talk about, Lima? Um, we're talking about the topic um, alone, but not alone. Um, it kind of sounds when you first say it kind of like an oxymoron, you know, like how can I be alone, but not alone? Um, if you're listening and if you are, uh, a single man or a single woman looking for, uh, you know, that special someone to help you in your walk with Christ, this podcast is for you. Um, if you are, uh, maybe an older woman in her late twenties, maybe early thirties and you know, you think, oh man, you know, my biological clock is ticking. There's no one out there for me. This podcast is for you. Uh, maybe you're a single mother, uh, maybe you have children and, uh, maybe you just haven't found the person that will, uh, not only be the leader for you, uh, but be the leader uh, of your household. And like the Bible says to be a band around the house. Again, this is for you. You, you may be widowed. I think this is a group that gets forgotten about a lot. You know, you might be older. Uh, you still, uh, may want to be with someone. Uh, this podcast is for you. And like Lima and I are going to talk about right now, uh, maybe you're a preacher. You know, maybe you feel like you're the only one in your general area uh, actually trying to do the right thing. And there's no one like minded, you know, like you. If that's so, this podcast is for you. And so alone, but not alone. Lima, I think sometimes um, we have that concept that, um, you know, we really are by ourselves. You, you can kind of get in a low place um, if you just think, man, there's there's no one else here. And I know you have some topics and some points to bring up about that. Uh, yeah, man. I, when you when you said that about uh, you know thinking that we are all alone, one one Bible character that came to my mind was uh, Elijah. Yeah. And and, and uh, a lot of times our Christian walk is is like what happened to Elijah in chapter eighteen and nineteen of of First Kings. So so if you want to go there, if you have your Bible, please go there. Uh, with me 
Uh, so and that's again, first, before he, before you read yeah. that, Lima, to our listeners, again with this podcast, with anybody that we have on, you know, this is these are not our opinions. These are not what we think. You know, we're not going to tell you our personal you know testimonies or anything. We're going to open up the Bible with you. You know, you can hear my Bible. You know, you see Lima's Bible. And we hope you have your Bibles out uh, as we study together. So we're here in First Kings chapter eighteen. Yeah. So so as you know, the the context. If you read throughout First King. Uh, Elijah has been challenged by, you know, false teaching, by these false prophets. And I find it interesting in chapter 18 and, and verse 22, we, we find the use of the, the word alone. And it's Elijah saying this to, to the people, right? And to all who's gathered there uh, uh, with them on Mount Car- Carmel. And he says, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophet are 450 men. Now we know how this, you know, we know how this, this, this context plays out. You know, Elijah comes out victorious. And, yeah. and what, I, what I think of when I, when I think about him saying that I alone am a prophet of the Lord, I think Elijah here is strong, right? He, he's, yeah. he's bold, he's strong. And, and, and you see that in what he's about to do. He was going to mock the false prophets or the false gods of, of, of Baal, of these prophets. And just, just imagine 450 against one. You talk man. about being alone, man. <laughs> it's over. Uh, yeah. But, but as you and I both know that, you know, God is the majority. And, yep. and, 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 you know, Romans 8 verse 31, if God before us, who can be against us? Yeah, that's right. And Elijah, you know, that, that, was, that was a victory setting. Yeah, but then, yeah. but then right after that, you know, right after that, you know, word goes out to Jezebel, Jezebel threatens him. And then you, Elijah, we find Elijah running, right? We yeah. find him running and, and hiding and, and God appears to, to, you know, Elijah and, and basically said, what are you doing here, Elijah? You know, what are you hiding from? Or what, what are you doing here? And, and Elijah says again, I alone and the prophet of the Lord and the people have turned, you know, they killed your prophets. Yeah. And, and at that point, Elijah sounded like, like he, he felt really alone that point. <laughs> right. He went from alone, strong and bold. God is with me to being alone. I feel like I'm going to die. <laughs> and um, there's no help. So, so, you know, from the mountains to the valleys, as we all often say, that's how we feel in our Christian walk. Right. But here, here, God encourages Elijah, right, uh, and, and and reminds Elijah. Well, guess what, Elijah, you're not alone. Yeah, <laughs> right. You're not alone. You're not the only prophet <laughs> left, Elijah. There's seven thousand others who are still mm. faithful and strong. Now I can. Now we don't see Elijah's reaction to that, but we know after God says that to him, he starts to go back to work. <laughs> right. So so yeah, man. I, that's what I thought about when, 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 when uh, you talk about thinking you're alone. Yeah. And I wanted to bring, and I love that you brought that up because sometimes Lima, I think because we're Christians, I think sometimes uh, people think that we should have this supernatural ability in whatever state we're in to just always be 100% strong. But mm-hmm. they feel like sometimes if you're a Christian, you kind of take away your humanity. You know, remember in Matthew 28, um, you yeah. know, the Great Commission mm-hmm. and verse uh, Matthew 28, uh, 20, when Jesus 
uh, told his disciples, you know, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. And then he says, I am with you always. That's right. Even until the end of the world. Now, mm-hmm. we as Christians know. So you and I, for example, being, being preachers, different walks or, you know, different modes in our lives right now, but we're still preachers. Well, we know that God is with us. We know that because we can read that. But at the same time, I think Lima, um, our human side, we know that sometimes we know that God is with us, but we still want that physical belonging. You know, we still want, um, we still want that brother in arms right next to us. We still want that encouragement. We still want, because with the Lord, obviously we know that he is always watching over us providentially through his word. But at the same time, the Lord is not standing right next to me. I can't look at him like I'm looking at you right now. And yeah. that's where I think sometimes we want that. We, we need somebody here to help us. Certainly. Uh, certainly. I, I think about what, um, you know, the, one of the greatest entertainers in, in history, Robin Williams. And I think <laughs> about what he said. He said, I used to think that the worst thing in life was to end up all alone and he said, it's not. The worst thing in life is ending up with people who make you feel all alone. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what happens to us, right? We, sometimes when we don't have those connections with our brothers and sisters in Christ, boy, it makes the, it makes the Christian walk, you know, feel lonely in a sense, right? Right. So, so, so I get what you're saying, man. Uh, yeah, we're social beings. I mean, you... You look at social media, we're on there, you know, all these other platforms. We, we, we need those social relationships. Right. Uh, but, but, but like you said, we're all human. Sometimes we fail others by making them feel alone. Yeah. And sometimes others fail us by making us feel alone. And, and, and what do you do then? Yeah. Right? What do you do? And, and, and I think you, you got a passage there that, that can encourage us all in regards to that. Yeah. And, you know, um, when we talk about um, kind of having that feeling of, of, of being alone, uh, I'm reminded of Corinthians. I believe it's First Corinthians when Paul uh, was talking about how each joint member supplies. Each member does someone, something different. Um, but also he told us to encourage one another. And I think that's, that's the beautiful thing about the body. The Lord knew that at some instances in Lima's life, some instances in Jordan's life and others, they will be doing my work. They will be doing a great work, but they will still feel like I'm not there. And so therefore, let me, John three sixteen, let me send my son so that Lima all the way in Honolulu, Jordan <laughs> all the way in St. Louis can talk like this and encourage one another to keep doing my work. That's right. And I think that's, that's the amazing thing about, about the body and about encouraging one another because you know before I talked to you Lima I didn't I had no idea that you know man there really is no other you know Christians other than Lima his family the congregation there there's it's not an abundance like it is here mm-hmm. and so before I talked to you I was like oh you know <laughs> Lima's, Lima's good over there you know Lima's got his family you know he's good but until you talk to me about it, I'm like man I didn't even think about that right and then yeah. vice versa you know, over here, it's great, but, you know, I'm limited to what I can do because being yeah. single does limit you in, yeah. in certain ways. So yeah. either way, there's still something, but we can still encourage one another through those different types of loneliness that we feel. 
Yeah, yeah, and 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 I, I tell you, like I told you, when when Jordan see when Jordan called me about this this topic, I was like, man, that that kind of hits home, man, because you guys are all up there in the mainland. I'm over here on an island, <laughs> <laughs> so far and away I, from everybody. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, man, you could just drive over a couple hours, see another person that you graduated with. Uh, in my case, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. And that's going to be an expensive trip just to see you. Right. <laughs> and uh, thank God for technology, yeah, for, for um, the various avenues that we do have. But, but yeah, there, there are times, uh, there have been times in, in my time here that I, I felt alone, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, in those times you rely on prayer and, and, and just sort of tough it out you know yeah speaking <laughs> yeah, of prayer yeah speaking of this this transfers yeah. over to this example i want to bring up if you look at first samuel chapter 30 That's and again right. i hope you guys are, are following along with us you know on your phone on your tablet on your bible you know wherever you can find a bible uh follow along with us here but in first samuel chapter 30 i think this is one of the prime examples of someone doing a great work um, but feeling alone. So let, let's kind of set this, set the scene here. In 1 Samuel chapter 29, David here is bringing uh, the people and they fought against the Philistines. Now remember, Goliath was a Philistine and Saul or David defeated Goliath, you know, in order to help the people. So David goes in chapter 29 and does all this great stuff and defeats the Philistines, right? Everything's all good. They come back chapter 30 to Ziklag and imagine you walking back and you see smoke and you're like, Oh, maybe somebody's burning something. Right. Yeah. And you keep, you keep going. That looks like it's close to the city, but I don't think so. Then you keep going. Then you see it's the city where you're camped out. And then all, all the women, the children, everything's burned. They're all gone. So then the people that were just celebrating David on the walk back home. Now, what are they doing? If you look at chapter 30 uh, verse number six, it says, and David was greatly distressed. Why was David distressed? For what did the people do? They <laughs> spake of stoning. Okay, so imagine you're David. I just went to battle with y'all, helped you guys win. I come back, and now you want to stone me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, man. That's the that's in a sense, Lima. I think I want to hit just this little point. I think that's the price of leadership. Actually, let me let me change that. I think that's the price of faithful leadership in the church, because one minute the people that you help, the people that you do everything for, the next minute they can turn on you. But so so now, what is David supposed to do? All those supporters that he had, now what does he do? It says because the soul of all the people was grieved, even all the men for the for their sons and their daughters. But notice what David did. But David encourage himself where in the lord you know lima we're talking about this topic alone but not alone i think this is a skill that must be developed and i think this skill lima can only be developed in situations where you are literally by yourself you must learn to encourage yourself in the lord because like like you just said you know you can't you know you can't get in your car like we used to and drive and drive over and hang out with us and, you know, and, and do all this stuff because you're so far away. But just because you can't do that, does that mean you can't encourage yourself? 
You know, does that mean you can't talk to the Lord? Does that mean you can't grow your relationship with him? You see, sometimes I, the Lord has um, us as brothers and sisters to support one another, which is a wonderful blessing. But yeah. we cannot, I know this is going to sound bad, but you'll understand it. We can't rely on that though. It's there and that's wonderful. But sometimes you can't rely on your brethren. So who can you rely on? You can rely on God. And it looks like you're about to go to, <laughs> to a verse here. So I'll let you talk hey, for a second. Hey, man. No, no. That's a great point. Because like what David knew, the, uh, the Apostle Paul knew. Mm. Right? And, and I see that what, what David did there in, in, Psalm, uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, Paul kind of did the same thing in, in 2 Timothy 4, uh, uh, 2 Timothy 4, beginning in verse 16. So if you go there, talk about alone, but not alone, right? Being a, Thinking that we're alone, but we're not. Paul understood that. And, and he said here, at my first defense, no one stood with me, mm. but all forsook me, right? Horizontally speaking, <laughs> right? <laughs> Meaning concerning our human relationships right. with our friends, with our church oh. family, you know. Paul, in that sense, when, when it came to his relationship with man, right, he was alone. Yeah. Right? All forsook him. No one stood him, with him. Right? And, and sometimes we need people to stand with us. Yeah. Right? On, on yeah. certain matters, especially when it concerned teaching the truth. That's right. And preaching the truth. Man, it would encourage you to have, you know, people stand up and say, we agree with you. We support you. We're with you, right? Well, for Paul at this moment, he said, no one stood with me. <laughs> but then he says, but the Lord stood with me. That's mm. something that David understood. You know, yeah. Psalm 23, man. David said, you know, though I walk through the valley of the shadow the of death, death, I will fear no evil. Right? For thou art with me, thy rod and thy, thy staff, they strengthen me, David said. And, and here Paul says, but the Lord stood with me. And strengthened me so that the message mm. might be preached fully through me. Now, vertically speaking, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Meaning concerning our relationship with God, Paul was never really alone. Right. right? He stood by himself. The Lord stood by his side. And sometimes as it's, it's our human side, sometimes we we kind of contribute to this thought of thinking we're we're alone mm. when we rely heavily on the horizontal relationships that we oh, have. Oh, bro, yep, <laughs> that's that so good. We, we sometimes highlight that and forget the vertical part of it. Yes, right. God is with us. Yes, and, and you know Hebrews thirteen five. He's promised. You know, He said, "I will never leave you." nor forsake you right so so uh and that's talking about you know the things that we need man we need companionship right and there's nothing like the lord's you know companionship but like god's fellowship and i think okay now now we're gonna go down this rabbit hole because you oh, okay. brought this, this i'm is, sorry I didn't no this is awesome this is awesome but here okay so in timothy uh you know when paul is talking here in verse number 17 when you said, and the Lord stood with me and the Lord strengthened me, 
like I said before, that statement that I said before, you can't rely on your brethren. Well, Jordan, you sound so unloving. You sound so mean. You sound, yeah. What's my word? Chill, chill for a second. <laughs> let's, let's explain this. So the Lord, uh, you know, sending Christ, we are now Christians. We are in the blood of Christ. Sometimes we rely, like you said, we rely so much on the horizontal. We rely so much on, okay, now as much as I love Lima, all right, I'm going to put my 100% faith in Lima because Lima would never do anything. You know, Lima would never, Lima's always going to be there, which is, which may be true, but guess what might happen, Lima? Mm-hmm. You may, even, even without intention, you may fail me in a certain situation. I yeah. may fail you. Even yeah. though we're brothers in Christ, we have, you know, the greatest of intentions, it happens. Yeah, we're human. Yeah. We're human. But mm-hmm. if you notice, I remember, um, I forgot who said it in the school, one of the instructors, but they said, if you look in Psalms, if you read all throughout the book of Psalms and you see the word trust, did you notice that every time it says trust, the Lord is right after that? So does the Bible ever anywhere, I mean, you, you can go Old Testament, we can go New Testament, find me a verse where the Bible says to trust in your brethren. <laughs> there is none. But does the Bible say encourage your brethren? Does yeah. the Bible say rebuke your brethren? Does the Bible say to comfort your brethren? It tells us to do all that, which we will do, but does it ever say to trust in them? It never does. So why do some people leave the church? Well, they didn't treat me right. Well, where was your trust in the first place? Your trust was horizontal. You weren't trusting in God anyway. You were looking at this man. You were looking at this woman. You were looking at this person and they failed you. And then guess what failed within you, your faith. Yes. And so that, this is why, and people have gotten mad at me before. I, I'm going to keep <laughs> preaching this, but the thing is you have to trust God more than me, more than anyone else, more than any preacher that has lived or that ever will live because God will never fail you. Why yes. do you think the Bible says to trust in me? Cause you know, the Lord will never fail. So why do you think we feel alone? Because our brethren leave us alone at times, but God never does. Yeah. Yeah. And, and certainly like there, there is a, 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 a side where we do need to trust one another. Right. right. But, but not in that sense, you know, with, with our faith, with right. our, 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 our salvation. Uh, I think about what Paul said in first Corinthians two. Uh, the reason why he preached Christ crucified, right? Paul, and, and right there in chapter two, in chapter two I, I want to read that for us. First Corinthians 2, beginning in verse 1. And, and our listeners, please go there and, and listen to what Paul is saying, right? It's what, what JP is saying. Put your trust in the Lord. Yeah. Paul says this, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellency of speech, or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God, right? For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Here's why, right? Here's why Paul didn't preach with human wisdom or use human, you know, our own understanding when it comes to encouraging people to put trust in God. 
verse 5, it says that your faith mm. should not be in the wisdom of men. There it is. But in the power of God. Romans 1, 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God and salvation. Mm. And, and, and yes, we... You, you, and, and I'm talking to anyone, a preacher or not a preacher, Christian, you have to have your own faith yeah. to stand on. And the best way to do that is putting your faith in the right place. That's right. right? Uh, as good as a preacher, your preacher may be, as good as elders, your elders may be, they are human. Mm. And, and, and a lot of times, as Jordan said, People have left the church because of the horizontal, mm -hmm. right? What he said to me, you know, things like that. Yeah. Put your trust in the Lord, right? You got to trust the Lord at Proverbs uh, 3, 5, and 6. With all your heart, um, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. understanding. All your ways. Uh, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So, and this, this leads right into what I want to talk about here too, yeah. Lima is okay so okay so we figured that out in terms of you know that feeling of alone but not alone but here's the question what if <clears throat> what if i am a single man or woman right now what if i am a single mother right now what if i'm widow what if i'm a preacher that feels this way right now so obviously i understand i'm not alone but how do i deal with it how can we use this time in our lives productively i want to bring up this point number one i think you can use or we could use this time in our lives productively if you feel alone is don't compromise just to feel good. Well, what, what are you talking about here? Uh, I, I read a book the other day and it said a key problem of loneliness resides in the fact that we have lost sight of God's plan and purpose for our life. Then he goes on to say, um, he defines in, in his book, Lonely People, he defines loneliness, watch this, as the malnutrition of the soul, but it results from living on substitutes. Huh. So you may be feeling alone because what are you substituting for God? Are you substituting people? Are you substituting your job? Are you substituting, uh, you know, you have to be in a relationship? You know, you substituting... Uh, pleasures you can you can try to substitute all that stuff and then at the end of the day what are you going to feel lonely because that's not nutritious for your faith and so i think sometimes we can find ourselves lima um partaking in these other things to fill a void that mm -hmm. only the lord can fill because everyone's you know with pleasures with all this other stuff everyone's always looking for something you don't do something just to do it you know, you're doing it for a specific reason. You're looking for some type of comfort, some type of uh, relaxation, some type of peace from whatever you're going through. And you try to find it maybe in the bottle, maybe try to find it in other people, try to find it in pleasure. But if you're reminded, what did, uh, what did Solomon say about all that stuff? Because who, who tried it all? Yeah. You know what I mean? He did. Yeah. He, he said all, all, all vanity. is vanity. Mm -hmm. It's all vanity. And so I think um, in this time in our lives, you know, I don't think we should compromise um, those other things just to feel, you know, just to feel good right now. And I want to notice this one verse before um, I let you jump in and comment here, Lima. 
in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, um, verse number 16. I know we were just in 1 Corinthians, but if you jump over to 2 Corinthians, you know, we talked about how other people try to fill that void uh, with other things. Mm-hmm. Notice, notice what faith and what God can do um, for what you're trying to fill. If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 16, notice what Paul says here. For which cause we faint not, knowing that our outward man perisheth, but who's renewed inwardly? The inward man is renewed day by day. Question. How can the inward man gain faith every single day? Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you may be feeling lonely because of your own doing. Mm-hmm. Are, you know, are, how's your relationship with God? You've been reading, you've been coming to service and, and trying to, trying to learn more, trying to do more because that stuff's not just going to fade away. You actually have to do something. And Paul is saying here in second Corinthians and then in Romans, like the only way to do this is to have faith. Like you just talked about. Uh, cer- certainly. Um, you talk about, you know, when we try to feel that void or making compromises, I uh, think about the Proverbs There's a way that seems right unto a man, but at the <laughs> end of it is destruction. Yeah. Uh, I just preached this last Sunday on, um, the gift of the word of God, that without the word of God, right, we wouldn't know God. We wouldn't know what he has done for us. We, we wouldn't know how to, uh, find true satisfaction in living, mm. right? And, 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 you know, just the joy that we have in living uh, when we have a relationship with God. Without the word, we won't have that. And, yeah. and, I, and I think about, you know, right there in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Now, you, you, you got us in chapter 4. I'll take us a little bit. <laughs> let's let's go. Um, and and <laughs> listen to, to 2, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 4, Right? Paul says this, and we have such trust through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think that anything has been from ourselves, but listen to him, but our sufficiency is Mm. from God, uh, who also made us sufficient as a ministry of the new covenant, not the letter of the spirit. But there's a principle in here, right? Uh, You talk about satisfaction, feeling a void. Yeah. Um, you talk about um, whether we uh, whether we truly feel uh, the sufficiency that we're we're able to do things. Yeah. Um, in God. Yeah. Not 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 through some compromise that we're gonna come up with, right? Sometimes we, and that's a sad thing. Sometimes, and I've seen this that that people would trade Wednesday nights to be at a place where, for, for example, if you're a fisherman, I've seen this happen. Like if, if you're a fisherman and you're a Christian and you're going through this phase of feeling lonely, feeling alone, there's no companionship with your brothers and sisters in Christ, then the compromise is, you know what, I'll, I'll maybe go to a place where fishermen gather. <laughs> Yeah. Regardless if they're not Christians, I'll just go there. Why? Because we are fishermen. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes people trade Wednesday nights or, you know, Sundays yep. to have that co- companionship, not knowing what it's doing to their soul. Yep. Right. Paul says, uh, uh, don't be, don't be deceived. 
evil companionship corrupts good, you know, bad company corrupts good morals. Yeah. So, so yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh -huh. And since you brought that up, you know, with a fisherman example, mm -hmm. sometimes we try to, we try to make our own companionship. Like, like you just talked about, well, I'll just go with these fishermen because, you know, I feel close to them. You know, they understand some sure. stuff that I understand. So therefore, you know, I'll just go with them. That's still a compromise. They still, they yeah. may be great people. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. They may be great people, but guess what they can't give you? They yeah. can't, no matter how nice they are, no matter how much they understand you, no matter, it doesn't matter. And we can, we can go on different, we can use sports, we can use whatever. They, yeah. it will not satisfy like God can. And it can't yeah. satisfy like, like people that love God can. Yeah. And, and go yeah go. Marion, so some on the flip side, right? We we're just talking about the person feeding alone. On the flip side, we have a responsibility to one another. That's true, right? We, um, you and I, preachers, uh, you have several people in the congregation that you, in a sense, look look out for, right? right. And you'll notice who's feeling alone. You'll notice who's who's feeling left out. Right. And shepherds, preachers, and even Christians, one another, we have that responsibility, mm. right, to, to yeah. make someone feel, you know, to bring someone out of that, of that zone, if you will, because, yeah. because it can literally kill someone's faith. Yeah. It can literally end their faith. So, so maybe they might not as be strong as David, right? And David's a man. We can yeah. be strong as he was, but maybe at that point, they're not as strong as David to, to uh, strengthen themselves, they need somebody to come there and, you know, just like David mm. did in Psalm 20, 23, right? Yeah. Um, he restores my soul. We talk about the idea of a cast sheep to be, when the sheep falls over on its back, it's, it's a prophetic scene, you know, like it can't oh, get up on its own. And, and sometimes we're like that, right? We're, we're on our back, kicking our legs, and we just need someone to restore us and, 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 some people are just so weak to the point they can't see God doing that for them. Mm. So they need someone, uh, a vessel of God, if you will, yeah. to, to do that for them. So, so that's the flip side of it. We have that responsibility. Yeah. And I think sometimes um, if we feel lonely as an individual, sometimes I think we can have this selfish mindset that, okay, no one else feels this way. So I'm going to stay over here and process all this myself internally and mess myself up. But <laughs> You know, you remember in Philippians 2, where it, you know, it talked about Christ being our example. But yes. notice what Christ did. In verse number four, he gave us a principle of what he did for us. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. I think sometimes we can get so caught up in our minds of what's not happening for us, what we don't have, what we're going through. You know, I find myself, Lima, especially since I, I'm a single guy, I have, you know, a little more time you know, than you do, you know, to do some stuff. <laughs> you know, I find myself, man, like, um, you know, if I'm at the house or, you know, if I'm in the office and, uh, you know, there, there was instance uh, like last week or two weeks ago, I'm in the office, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing my work and uh, a call comes and a lady from dialysis from the congregation, older, older lady, she needs help. Um, you know, she needs to drive home because the bus is not going to go by there today. So I said, yeah, I'll go over there. So I go over there and pick her up. And as we're driving along, you know, she's so, 
I mean, you would have thought, Lima, I gave her $5 million. Like, you literally would have thought I, I did, like, the greatest thing in her life ever. But to me, I, I was just picking her up and bringing her home. Yeah. But for her, it was everything. And so I, I was like, man, you know, maybe, you know, this concept of instead of just thinking so much about ourselves, let's do what Christ did. And if you're so busy serving everyone else, you really find yourself, uh, you know, I'm not you know, all this stuff that I'm going through is really not that bad, especially when you see other people's situations. Yeah. Yeah, cer- certainly. Uh, I-, I don't, I remember when the instructors told a story about a lady who was always, uh, uh, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, maybe it's a made up story to illustrate a point, right. Of what we need to do. So I don't know if it's true or not, but anyways, there was a lady uh, she was constantly bickering, you know, and complaining about things, yeah. right? And, and and she was so self-centered. And she called the preacher and, and the preacher, you know, they got into like a little back and forth uh, with the preacher. And the preacher said, uh, just go give somebody a pie. <laughs> <laughs> right? Just go give someone a pie uh, and, and, and hung up. And then, <laughs> and then the lady did that and she felt good, Right. <laughs> And, and um, you know, just to add to what you're saying, yeah, when, when, when we do something for others, it, it really brings us joy. Like, yeah. like I'm about to, I want to give away my lesson for this <laughs> Sunday, but, uh, but anyways, I'm, I'm preaching on the gift of giving. Ooh. And I see there in 2 Corinthians 8, the example of the Macedonians. The Bible says there yeah. that, that um, they, in their affliction, in a difficult time where they might feel alone, right? Uh, it says there, in their great trial of affliction, I'm, I'm in verse 2 now, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. And, and you continue on, you notice these people, what they did, right? Mm-hmm. Regardless of the struggles they had, right? Their, their own personal struggles, because it says your great trial, yep. and in their own poverty, man, they got nothing to give, man. <laughs> <laughs> and and Paul says here, I'm amazed, right? Man. Out of that situation, out of that kind of situation, like you said, they made themselves useful, mm. and, and and that's what we need. Like it's a skill, and you're right, yeah, man. It's a skill. It takes experiences to develop it and, and, and experiences are like, like first Peter says, you know, for the trying of our faith, man, that's, mm. that's how God is perfecting us. He's working in us, <laughs> testing us, my man. So yeah. So yeah. yeah oh, definitely. Man. Hey, I'm gonna have to steal that sermon outline from you. <laughs> I'll take a note. <laughs> <all> you- <laughs> hey, <laughs> but here's the last thing I want to bring up. And I know uh, you may have the last thing to talk about here, Lima, but, Here's the last point that I had um, mm-hmm. about this of how we can use this time in our lives productively. Um, I think if we learn to appreciate who the Lord has in our life now, you know, I, I think a lot of times when we think about the word alone or loneliness in whatever sense of the word, mm-hmm. um, at some point, if you feel that way, you always complain about what you don't have. You know, you'll look at somebody else, you'll look at what someone else has, and you always say, well, I don't have that. You know, I don't know about you, Lima, but I was a kid in, uh, 
in kindergarten <laughs> when we would get like snacks and stuff and they would, you know, pass out jelly beans or popcorn. I would have like 10 and then I'd count mine and then I'd count somebody else's and they have 13. I'm like, hold up. They got three more <laughs> jelly beans than I do. Yeah. Like I would, I would get mad that they have three more. Right. And I always, but you know, I wasn't satisfied with my 10. I always looked at man, he's got three, you know, all he got the limited edition flavors. Like, you know, I was always looking at what everyone else had, but mm -hmm. we talk about appreciate what's in our life. Now yeah. I kind of somewhat took uh, the school of preaching for granted because I felt like when, when we were there, I'm like, Oh, two years, two years is a <laughs> long time. Cause I just graduated from college and those two years took yeah. forever. Mm -hmm. So I was like, man, two years, I'm good. Like, we're good. Yeah. We're yeah. going to be around these people forever. Next thing you know, we're walking across the stage. I'm yeah. just like, man, like, it's it's over. You yeah. know what I mean? And so I think sometimes we need to appreciate the friends um, that we have in our lives. And I want to use this last scripture, uh, Jeremiah chapter 38. I forgot about this guy until I looked it up. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about him. But, you know, I remember – uh, the late brother Walker, you know, I miss, oh. miss him greatly. But when, when he talked about Jeremiah and his course, man, he felt like when he, when he taught that class, it was like, we just met him. It was like, we just met Jeremiah. But if you remember in chapter 38, Jeremiah is thrown into, into a dungeon. Right. Mm -hmm. And after he's thrown into that dungeon, you know, obviously he's called the weeping prophet. And, you know, no one else is there. So they literally just throw him into this water in the dungeon. But I want you to notice verse number seven uh, of Jeremiah 38. If you're following me along here, we're going to read the next couple of verses here. So Jeremiah is in the pit and it said in verse, the, the end of verse six says, so Jeremiah sunk in the mire. So he's there by himself. He's sinking in that mire. Now when Ebed Melech, the Ethiopian, one of the eunuchs, he was in the king's house he heard that they put Jeremiah in the dungeon and the king sat in the gate of Benjamin. Ebed Melech went forth out of the king's house, house and spake to the king. And he said, my Lord, my king, these men have done, or these men have done evil and all that they have done to Jeremiah, the prophet whom they have cast into this dungeon. And he is like to die for hunger in this place where he is. There is no more bread in the city where he is. Then the king commanded Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian, saying, Take from you thirty men, and take up Jeremiah the prophet out of the dungeon before he dies. So Ebed-Melech took the men with him and went to the house of the king, uh, to the treasury, and took um, old cast clouts and old rotten rags, and let them down by cords into the dungeon to Jeremiah. And Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian said unto Jeremiah, Put now these old cast uh, clouts and rags under your arm, unto the cords and Jeremiah did so and they drew up Jeremiah with cords and took him out of the dungeon and then Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison and so you think about Jeremiah for a second bro the weeping prophet he's doing all this preaching doing all this lamenting they catch him they throw him in this dungeon they let him sink you know I see this image of him just kind of being thrown into like a well like mm -hmm. a big enough well for a human to live in there and there's water and he's sinking in there and yeah. so imagine, you know, you're sitting there, man, there's in that situation, who do you think's really thinking about Jeremiah? <laughs> Nobody. So when, yeah. we're, when we're by ourselves, you know, when I'm, when I'm here by myself, when you're there by yourself, 
who's really taking time out of their day to think about us? Sometimes we think about that, but in a sense, there's always that Ebed Melak for each person. And that should be our brethren because he said, look, why do you even throw Jeremiah in here? Jeremiah didn't do anything. And so, but notice how they lifted him up. They didn't just throw a rope down there and just, you know, yank him up. They threw the rope and they threw rags so it would be comf- more comfortable for him to come up. And so he mm-hmm. came up like this. And so sometimes, remember with Moses, when you have Aaron and her lifting, yeah, I was gonna say, man, lifting yeah. up his hands, yeah. sometimes we need someone, our brethren, to lift up our hands. But the thing that's so awesome about this is Jeremiah had no idea that Ebag Melak was thinking about him. Sometimes a random text from a brother in Christ, a random phone call, a random encouragement could mean the, it could, that random text, that random phone call could be those cords lifting your brethren out of that dungeon because you have no idea, you know, what they're going through. And I think this is why the scripture tells us, you know, in Ephesians and Colossians and all throughout the new Testament, you know, to encourage your brethren, to make sure your brethren are doing right. You know, don't just give them cotton candy, rebuke them now, but encourage yeah. them, help them grow because you don't know what they're going through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right there with uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, uh, you know, when, when uh, the Hebrew writers talks about, you know, not forsaking. Now, let me just read that before I misquote it. <laughs> Hebrews <laughs> chapter 10 um, Uh, well, I like to start from verse 24, right? He says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love, uh, in order to stir up, you know, love and good works. Kind of like what Ebat Melek did for Jeremiah. He was considerate of him, right? He thought of him. And, and, And that's the point you're making. And also verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much as we see the day approaching. Mm. Uh, you know, one thing that I'm always thankful for as a preacher on Sunday mornings, uh, when I look out into, you know, in our auditorium, um, the people that are gathered there for Bible study. Yeah. And I always tell them, I, I thank you for coming. Um, because that, that shows that people are with you, man. Yeah. They're there, you know, and, and, and just by presence, you know, but just by their presence, I'm encouraged. And, and sometimes that's all it takes. Just yeah. be there. Just be there. Somebody. Yeah. Right? You don't have to be there with, with, you know, gifts and all this stuff. Be there. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's what we're saying here. Um, you know, alone, but not alone, but still we have a responsibility to one another. Yeah. And uh, going, going with that topic of what you just mentioned in verse number 25, you know, in my, you know, three, four years of, of preaching, you know, obviously I've had some, some things I've learned from and some things that, you know, I know that I could be better in the future. And what? one thing, you one, mistakes too? bro, <laughs> for real, yeah. where must yeah. the list begin? <laughs> But you know, <laughs> yeah, you think about us, this, man. you think about it. Um, one of the, one thing that I wish I would have done better 
earlier is, you know, especially being a younger man, kind of having all this zeal and wanting to make stuff happen. One thing that, you know, I've learned over the next, over the last couple of years is just be there. Yeah. Don't try to, you know, fix stuff. You know, don't try to obviously try to, even though you might have great intentions, don't try to fix stuff, just be there. And, yeah. you know, that can work in so many different, different instances. Right. Mm -hmm. But then you mentioned um, in, in Hebrews uh, chapter 10, but how can I know what you need if you're not in the assembly? You know what I mean? So how can, how can I know? Because I'm not, I can't read your mind. Yeah. I can't read your mind. And how can I know if you don't tell me, how can I know if you're not here? Yeah. You know, and that's why he says here, look, don't forsake the assembly because mm -hmm. what happens in the assembly, we're considering and we're stirring one another up yeah. to love and good works. Mm -hmm. So another symptom, I guess you could say of your loneliness is maybe you're not in the place where you can be stirred up. Yeah. Maybe you're in the wrong place. That's right. And like you said, man, it, it is such an encouragement to see people, man, like, I, you know, that love the word like you do. There's nothing like that. There is nothing like a Christian that loves the word like you do. And that's our commonality. Oh man. I think that's, uh, that's an amazing thing here, Lima. Did you have anything else before we get ready to close out the podcast today? Well, you know, um, uh, my favorite passage, and you know, what do you do when you are in that point? Or when, if you want to come out of that point, uh, for me, it was prayer. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, just having that deep relationship with God through talking with him often in prayer. First um, Peter 3 and verse 12, the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. And, and I just think about the context of First Peter, you know, being persecuted, the, the people, the Christians that are, you know, they've lost loved ones to like, you know, being killed in the Colosseums and, and right. being burned at the stake. That was their context. And you just imagine the feeling of loneliness. And, and, and Peter's encouraging them to pray, right? Yeah. To pray to God. And, and yeah, if you're in that situation, um, develop a good praying relationship. Uh, um, it helps. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes. Lima, do you remember, <laughs> I'm going to bring this up. You remember at the school, you know, we were, we're in class from what? 8.30 to 4.00. Mm -hmm. Every yeah. single day. Yeah. You remember from like 4.30, now like 4.15 to like 6 or 7. Yeah. I'd be outside for like three hours. Yeah. Just sleeping <laughs> by myself. Yeah. So a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, Jordan's, you know, he's just playing basketball out there. You know, the whole, you know, I called that my office. So, yeah. you know, I was out there, but for those three hours, while well, I was getting my 500 shots up because I was getting my shots yeah. up. But yeah. Even though I got those shots up the entire time, I was praying a mental prayer. And then, you know, it didn't have to be anything, you know, fancy. I was just, I was talking to the Lord while I was, while I was shooting baskets because mm -hmm. that's, that's how I got closer to him there. You know, and obviously, you know, we prayed together. We, you know, we did a lot of stuff, but I think you need to find time uh, for yourself, a space where you can pray to the Lord, yeah. whether that's at work, whether mm -hmm. that's at home, whether that's, wherever in your closet, you know, like Matthew, talk, find a place where that place belongs 
to you and the Lord. Yeah. And once, yeah. once you're there and you talk to him there, then that relationship builds and you learn, like we talked about before, you know, you learn to trust him more because he's helped you through so much already. Yes. And it's not like there's anything magical about the place, but it's, right. it's, it's, it's creating that positive same or that environment around you where you can focus and meditate, you know, on praying. And you talk about me living in Hawaii, man. I just <laughs> go, go by the coast and look at the waves and, and, uh, uh, not not too long ago, I, I just came back from a vacation, and that's another thing, preachers take your vacation. That's right. Um, take your, side uh, note. <laughs> uh, that's what Brother Grider said, and, and you got you you got to do that. You got to do it. You need it. I just came back from vacation with my family. There was one point there. Um, uh, one of the one of the sisters in Christ, she had a place right by the water, and we were blessed to stay there, um, and, and that was her gift to us. And man, you know, just sitting there, I just stared out into the horizon, <laughs> look at the waves, and I just said, "Thank God, yeah. you know, thank you, God." And and it was a moment for me to to rethink my ministry here with the congregation here, yeah. you know, how I can better myself, um, you know, things I can work on, you know, you know, and, and all of that, you know, it, it's through prayer. Yeah. Uh, so, so I'm with you, man. You got to find a spot, uh, talk to God, talk to your father and, and, and build that vertical relationship because that horizontal stuff, it, yeah, it can fail, Yeah, but we still need it though. Right. Yeah. We still and I think that was good. What, what you talked about. Um, and this is a promise. This is my last, point. <laughs> this is the last one. <laughs> but when you talked about how you rethought, how you could do things, how you rethought, how you could become better. I think, you know, with prayer, obviously it's great to talk to the Lord about what you need, about what's going on, about the things that's happening in your life. But also the Lord wants some effort from you and from us. And so I think, um, you know, once you get done praying about something, okay, how can I get better at what I prayed about? You know, maybe I'm praying about patience. Well, how, how can I get better? well, let me be patient, you know, with, with these people, you know, how can I be, you know, you know, a better encourager? Well, yeah. start encouraging more. You know what I mean? So you have to find areas in your life that you're praying about that you got to go to work. Like we, like yeah. we talked about at Memphis before we started every day, let's go to work. That's right. you know, and that's, that's what we have to do. So um, if you don't have anything else, Lima, that's, that's all I've got. I, I was going to say, if you want to learn patience, go to the DMV. <laughs> <laughs> preach <laughs> bro it's always something there isn't it <laughs> but see, hey, I, man, uh, I appreciate you having me on here and, and uh, you know when I was when I was uh, uh, collecting my thoughts for this uh, it, it, it benefited me just thinking yeah. about you know what Paul did what David did what Elijah did and and um, thank you thank you for mm -hmm. having me man yeah, and I hope to have uh, Lima on again. You know, we, we got some ideas of what we could do with uh, with more podcast material, but I, I'm extremely grateful uh, that Lima was able to come on uh, and help me with this topic today. Again, you know, if you want more from the podcast, you know, you can find it on uh, on Facebook, on on YouTube, and anywhere you get your podcasts. So audio, you got Spotify, all the other stuff, um, and then on YouTube or not on YouTube, on a uh, Google podcast, you know, you can find it on there too. 
um, if you use Android. So just look up when the scriptures become real and then you should be fine. You can find it anywhere you get your podcast. And then obviously the video portion uh, will be on YouTube. Lima, do you have, uh, you know, any social media or website or anything that you want to plug before we get out of here? Uh, no, if you're traveling to, to Hawaii, Oahu specifically, <laughs> visit our congregation. We're the Honolulu Church of Christ, and, and uh, we love to have you with us. We'll, we treat you like kings here. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Uh, that's right. Well, I appreciate Lima. Appreciate you guys listening. Um, the next episode, just to give you a teaser, will be with uh, our buddy Houston Welch. Oh, what? Uh, oh, oh, Huey. So he'll, he'll be on, on uh, Thursday. Um, hopefully, hopefully the podcast will come up on Thursday and we'll be talking about, uh, I think I found love and we'll kind of leave it there as a preview there. I, I think he did find love, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did too. We'll talk, we'll, we'll talk about that on Thursday. We appreciate you guys uh, for listening. All right.